you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen, and my guest today is Dr. Anshul Gupta. I think I got that right. And he is going to talk to us about thyroid issues and Hashimoto's disease in particular. And um, I'm going to give it over to Anshul. I hope that's okay if we use your first name. And to tell us a little bit more about himself and how he ended up in this area of medicine. So welcome, Anshul, and thank you for being here. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, Susan, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. The kind of work you're doing is amazing. And uh, it was an interesting story to hear, you know, before we started recording it, that how this whole podcast thing originated. So I'm sure, you know, the listeners are enjoying the ride with you. So for my background, actually, I'm a family, uh, family medicine physician. So that's my training. And after that, I actually got certified into functional medicine and did a fellowship into integrative medicine and then got an opportunity to work at the Cleveland Clinic Functional Medicine Department Wow! to do kind of do more research into functional medicine, develop certain protocols. That's where I actually found my passion into thyroid and Hashimoto's disease and developed a protocol to kind of help people out. Mm-hmm. And uh, implemented that protocol into several Hashimoto's and thyroid patients and got great results. Their, you know, quality of life improved significantly. Symptoms got better. Their thyroid antibodies were lowered. You know, their thyroid numbers got better. So that prompted me to write a book, you know, on reversing Hashimoto's Uh where people can follow certain steps, mainly natural steps of lifestyle and supplements and things and help them to understand why they're not feeling better. Because the current research suggests that more than 60 to 70% of people who have Hashimoto's or thyroid disorder and are taking medicine still continue to suffer from symptoms. So that's a big number that we're dealing with. And obviously, most of those people have approached their doctors and their doctors have told them, well, nothing is wrong with you. You're taking the medicine. Everything looks great. So just go home. Don't stress out too much. So this and book we, is and we know how that people. how that helps, how that much that how much that helps, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Because actually yeah. I've been in the similar boat as mine. You know, okay. I went through these things even though I am a traditionally trained physician. And that uh-huh. actually propelled me into this field. So my actually health journey took a downward turn just a couple of years into my family medicine practice. I was too busy taking care of too many patients and suddenly a lot of health issues started happening. I started gaining weight, even though I did not change anything in my lifestyle. You know, I was very tired to the point that I had to take a nap during my lunch hour. At the end of the day, I was so brain foggy that I could not assimilate any new information. And plus, I was having this horrible stomach pain. You know, Mm. I would have the stomach pain, you know, in the middle of my stomach. It will just hit me and random times didn't know what was happening. You know, I could not figure out any food. There was no time pattern to it. You know, I could not figure out what was going on with it. 
I thought it was an acid reflux thing. So I started taking medications for it, but nothing got better. <clears throat> then after doing that for a few months, I thought maybe I'm not a smart doctor. I need to take help from these smart specialists. So I started approaching specialists after specialists, uh-huh. you know, GI specialists, you know, allergy specialists, they did tons of testing, endoscopies, blood work, ultrasounds, all those things, everything was normal. And they had no idea what was going on with me. They added even more medications thinking that, okay, well, let's try try that. And uh, still, I was not getting better. And I was only 32 years of age at the time. And I had no idea how am I going to live rest of my life with this way, randomly under the fear that my health is not going to get better and I'm going to get the stomach pain again. Yeah. So that's where actually I found functional medicine. Somebody suggested, well, people who don't find answers, go to functional medicine, find answers. So yeah. I said, okay, well, yeah. let me look to this thing. So I started looking, but that's where I got certified into it. Then I implemented those protocols into my own life where I found the root cause of my problems made a uh-huh. stepwise protocol of addressing the lifestyle, taking certain supplements and saw phenomenal results. Within one month, my stomach pain was gone. Within six okay. months, I was off all medications. I already lost 40 pounds and wow. I had so much mental clarity and so much energy in my life mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I even participated in a 5k rugged mania. Oh my God. <laughs> my life was totally different than what it was before. And just with a few changes in my life, you know, that was amazing. So that's where I said, okay, well, I need to share this with people because this is powerful. You know, this is powerful yeah. stuff. People should be knowing about it. People should be given mm-hmm. hope that they can get better. Yep. So that yep. was my journey into functional medicine and thyroid and Hashimoto. Okay. Okay. So you didn't actually have the Hashimoto's. It just, but, you just ended up getting more, more and more interested in it. The more you looked into what was going on with yourself. That, no, I did actually go, get a oh, thyroiditis. You yeah, I did get thyroiditis oh. at one point of time where a thyroid, was to- okay. thyroid numbers are totally off. But luckily, okay. because like I kind of, by the time I knew what was going on with me and how, how to kind uh-huh. of get hold of it at a very okay. early stage. So within a few weeks, everything became normal by my uh-huh. kind of protocols and things. I did not have to go to medications. Okay. And that was around three to four years ago and I'm still okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you caught it early enough before it actually developed. Absolutely. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So why, why not what, what are some of the the, um, symptoms, I guess, that people can watch out for on Hashimoto's and and other thyroid type of issues? I think thyroid is one of those areas that a lot of people are like, oh, thyroid. Nobody knows what it is. Agreed with that, you know, and then there are different kind of, first of all, people don't know the difference between low thyroid or hypothyroid and Hashimoto's disease. Yeah. So that's where I would like to start kind of with that conversation uh-huh. so people have an understanding uh-huh. because a lot of people don't yeah. even know Hashimoto's disease exists. Yeah. So yeah. for those people, Hashimoto's disease is an autoimmune condition where your thyroid gland is being destroyed by these antibodies, which are being produced by your own body. And these antibodies starts a very slow destruction of your thyroid gland. It can take Mm -hmm. weeks, months to years sometimes to destroy the thyroid gland to the point that it is not able to keep up with the thyroid hormone production, you know, that your body needs. And Mm -hmm. then you get diagnosed with hypothyroidism, which is basically low thyroid that your body is not able to produce enough thyroid hormone. So that's the difference between low thyroid and Hashimoto's that the reason of your low thyroid can be multiple 
and the number one reason currently is Hashimoto's disease. Hashimoto's disease uh. is the most common autoimmune condition present worldwide right now. And around oh. 80 to 90 percent of people who have an hypothyroid condition or low thyroid condition, the reason is Hashimoto's. But unfortunately, a lot of oh, people wow. don't know about it because they're not doing proper testing for it. So just out of curiosity, is is it that it's not really on on doctors, most doctors radar screen? I mean, is it not something that they think of or that they or that they even test for? So it's not about being on the radar. It's about offering okay. treatment for Hashimoto's disease. The conventional way of looking at thyroid is that, you know, they can they only have current medications to either give you thyroid hormone or basically suppress your thyroid hormone. Okay. They do not have medicine available for Hashimoto's disease to help with the autoimmune process. So that's the reason even if they do check for Hashimoto's disease, then their protocol doesn't change because they are only focused to wait for your thyroid gland to be destroyed. And once your thyroid gland is destroyed and cannot produce enough thyroid hormone, then they can come in and give you external thyroid hormone but they cannot yeah. stop destruction of the thyroid gland. That's, is, that is kind of, you know, horrifying wow. story for me to hear. When I heard it for the first time, I was like, really? That's actually true. This thyroid medicine that wow. people are on, not doing anything to stop the destruction. It is basically just putting a patch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just filling in. Exactly. Right? <clears throat> wow, wow. That's... <clears throat> I don't know. I can't even. I can't get my head around that. I mean, to have a disease, even have got a name for it, and most doctors have no idea what the hell to do about it. Is because you know, treatment protocols are yeah, it's scary and sad. You know, like more yeah. than being scary, it's a sad situation because a lot of people, as I said, you know, are dealing. It's kind of an epidemic currently. With you know, almost every third or fourth person is having a thyroid disorder, especially females, middle-aged females from thirty yeah. to sixty-five years of age right uh -huh. and all of these females are kind of screaming for health because they all have these symptoms you know of Hashimoto's and thyroid but they don't know what to do with them most of these females struggle with weight right either they have gained yep. a lot of weight or not able to lose weight yep. they are always tired or always fatigued that you know they cannot have enough energy to do anything that they would like to do they have this brain fog feeling that okay well they cannot concentrate or they cannot remember things or they are not with it that's a word that a lot of females will use is that I don't feel I'm with it all the time. Just I just feel that my mental capacity could be better. A lot of them are having hair issues, hair fall or hair thinning. You know, their skin doesn't look the great as that, as that it looked before. They have a lot of gut issues, constipation, diarrhea, bloating, stomach cramping, even menstrual issues. So a whole bunch of symptoms are associated with Hashimoto's and thyroid. And if you will take a survey, almost 90% of middle-aged females will have one or the other symptom that are mentioned huh. right now in their yeah. life. So this is the extent of the disease which is ongoing. And sometimes it takes years, years for blood work to catch up, you know, with uh, Hashimoto's okay. or with thyroid disorder. Uh -huh. And people can suffer for years before they finally they show up on the blood work. Huh. And the sad part is that finally after several years, when it is shown up on the blood work, there is a hope. That after getting on the medicine, they are going to get better. And they get into this horror feeling that even after being on the medicine, everything <clears throat> has improved. So wow. that's where functional medicine, you know, like is amazing uh -huh. because we go to the root cause of the problem 
and then work on an inside out approach helping mm-hmm. people to safeguard their thyroid gland helping people to reduce inflammation helping people to lower these antibody levels mm-hmm. and then rejuvenate their body so they can see an improvement in all of these symptoms and get the quality of life that they deserve oh, yeah. you know society have kind of blamed females for so many things you know like oh well you are you a think? mom that you're stressed out you just had kids so obviously you're going to be tired oh you're taking care of your parents that's the reason you know you cannot focus on your health that's the reason you're feeling bad oh mm-hmm. you just you know stress <laughs> about everything right yeah. you know yeah, that's yeah. the reason you know you have these symptoms and i think mm-hmm. that's kind of a little bit unfair to females is that you know like first of all we have given so many responsibility to them but right. we are not also realizing there are something ongoing with them with their health mm-hmm. underneath you know that needs attention that you know that needs some care yeah. and health so is it is it also that a lot of doctors just don't have the knowledge to say hey you know this this is fitting this particular picture of a of Hashimoto's or a thyroid issue or you know um is it is a lot of it just education too <laughs> so it's the way we approach diseases so conventional medicine right now is having a very tough time with chronic diseases especially autoimmune diseases they do not know how to manage them yeah so it actually goes with history so the first time conventional medicine came into picture was decades ago and at that time the number one reason of people dying was infectious diseases right okay either you got cholera either you got tuberculosis either you got an infection somewhere in your body and that's the reason you died right and right. that's where suddenly we found these amazing antibiotics which can do wonders right so now if you look at infectious diseases infectious diseases are what we call is that they have one disease and there is one cause behind it because mm-hmm. of one bacteria you get a disease so if you take care of that bacteria you treat it everything is okay right Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. was the basis of infectious disease or that's the basis of the modern medicine. Now these uh, autoimmune diseases have a total different physiology. We are yet to find one particular cause of autoimmune diseases. Nobody knows why these autoimmune diseases happen. What we only know with research is that it's an interplay between your genes and the environment around you. And mm-hmm. this environment is not yet defined completely. But through my research, you know, there is this environment can be anything. This can be a food, this can be infections, this can be toxins, this can be like, you know, pollutions, you know, like this can be like, you know, all the stress that we got exposed to, right? So whole bunch Mm -hmm. of things constitute our environment. And all of these things combined together lead to autoimmune diseases. And that's where the conventional medicine fails because this model doesn't fit according to their understanding. So they just get confused of what they should be doing to kind of address this humongous problem. Because there is no one medicine that can address all of these issues, all of these environmental factors, yeah. so that they cannot do anything about it. So that's a big need at this point of time, you know, of understanding autoimmune diseases and obviously research is happening, you know, but we just don't know how long it's going to take and how long it's going to make those protocols especially in thyroid diseases or Hashimoto's, you know, like we still are at very early stages in the research of what can be done to actually reverse the disease or get help for these people who are still suffering. Oh, yeah. No, it sounds like it. So is it is it only women or is it 
you know, is there a small percentage of men that get it as well? How does that, how does that work? So traditionally, it was only females who were getting affected. But now, actually, in the last decade, we are seeing more and more men also being affected with Hashimoto's ah. disease. And even children, you know, like I'm oh so God. amazed that every month or every few weeks, you know, like, you know, every, uh, some mom, you know, is approaching me that, you know, my daughter or my son is being diagnosed with Hashimoto's ah. disease. Oh my God. And I need help. So even yeah. kids are being diagnosed with this now. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold you to this, but do you have any kind of a guess for why why that's happening? Or is it just because there's more knowledge to actually say, Oh yeah, that's Hashimoto's and not, you know, go off on some other disease that they think it is. <laughs> Yeah, no, and that's what everybody thinks that it might be just we have better understanding and we are checking more, but that is not correct. The okay. incidence of disease has actually increased because the reason wow. is our environment is changing rapidly, right? The amount right. of processed okay. food we are eating, the amount of processed sugar we are yeah. eating, the amount of toxins present in our environment, the amount of stress that we have, the amount of radiation exposures through we have mm-hmm. through these TV screens, through our cell phones. So this, mm-hmm. our environment has changed tremendously in the last 40 to 50 years is totally different than what it used to be Mm -hmm. and our body cannot keep up right you know body needs to adapt to any change which is happening and it takes time you know adaptation takes Mm -hmm. years you know like sometimes millions of years and our environment you know because of our intervention we have changed it in just 40 to 50 years our body is not able to adapt to the new environment and that's the reason we are seeing an increased incidence of all of these autoimmune conditions, including Hashimoto's and thyroid. Wow, interesting. Is it is a lot of it too that just stress? Stress definitely is a very big component, yes. So anytime yeah. you know a patient comes to me to work with me, I tell them, okay, well, just think about when you got started with Hashimoto's disease, when you mm-hmm. start having these symptoms, did something happen in your life a couple of years before that? And invariably, they will say, oh, yes, you know, like that was a stressful moment. My relationship was stressful or I was juggling between my job and taking care of my kids or I just had a baby. Even (laughs) post-delivery, we are seeing it, right? Because the pregnancy itself is a huge stressor for females. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. Right. So, So any kind of stressor, whether it is emotional, physical, mental, spiritual, definitely can trigger Hashimoto's disease. And obviously... Our environment today is filled with stress, right? You know, we are just in this age. Oh my God. We just want to achieve more. We are running all the time. You know, like there is nobody has any time left to kind of even talk. Oh, yes. The news, you know, I mean, we don't even have to go there as far as, you know, (laughs) politics and all of that. But my God, it's like 24 7. You know, it's just. There's um, nothing positive anybody talks about, right? On the news channels anymore. I stopped watching them. I was like, tell me something good. You know, I'm sure there is something good happening in this world. It's not everything yeah. can be negative, right? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, even the last, the last month or two, just the weather right? everywhere and all these different fires and, and floods and storms. And I mean, it's just, I don't, I don't, I personally don't remember it being quite so widespread mm-hmm. you know oh, absolutely it's just then, you know and it's crazy everywhere whether you go to uh, east coast yeah. west coast yeah. you know south or north anywhere you, you know, go it's just canada right you know canada hawaii um mm-hmm. there's the other one over in in 
Asia somewhere that's that's going on some big fire or something. I think mm-hmm. isn't there and, and floods, <clears throat> and it's like you can't you can't get you can't get away from it. Um, it's it's really scary. I just don't remember. Well, there weren't as many people on the planet when I was growing up, but <laughs> you know that that's part of the problem. Um, but but anyways, I just I don't remember, and I, I sound like I remind myself of my mother because my mother used to you know she was the same thing she was like i don't remember it being this bad you know and that was like 20 years ago i guess it's it's just um human beings absolutely yes you know we are intervening in in everything of the nature so obviously it comes at a cost yeah no absolutely absolutely yeah wow so what excuse me what I know you said you had a protocol that you've developed and all of that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that so people can have some idea, some reference point? Absolutely. So the protocol is very simple. <clears throat> there are three steps into it. And the very first step is identifying the root cause, right? <clears throat> so how I kind of explained that, you know, Hashimoto's disease is multifactorial. There are several environmental factors which are coming together and leading to this Hashimoto's disease. So it's very important to figure out what are those root factors playing a role in each and every individual. Individual. So that's the very first step. So in that, obviously, that's very kind of new concept. And a lot of people are totally like, you know, lost into what that might look like. So in that's that's what I talk about in the book, you know, there is a questionnaire mm-hmm. that people can ask, you know, those questions okay. to themselves that might give them a road. But bottom mm-hmm. line is that there are five major categories of root causes. So these mm-hmm. five major categories, the first of them is what we call as food sensitivity. So more and more people are getting more sensitive to food. Mm-hmm. And what is food sensitivity? does is that it creates you know havoc on your gut something called leaky gut and that ultimately leads to Hashimoto's now this food sensitivity is very different than food allergies and a lot of people again are not aware of it food allergies like let's say the most common food allergy is peanuts so you eat peanuts you suddenly blow up like a balloon you have difficulty breathing you land up in the emergency room right now food sensitivity is like you know you eat gluten Your body says, hey, gluten, I don't hate you, but I don't like you to be here. So I'm going to produce very small amount of these chemical antibodies against you. Now, again, very small of antibodies doesn't give you immediate reaction or a whole big reaction in your body. So very difficult for you to note any changes. But these antibodies start a very slow destruction in your gut and causes leaky gut and also thyroid destruction. So this is what we call as food sensitivities. Again, more and more people are developing different sensitivities to food um, because of, again, you know, like the GMO crops and a lot of different chemicals we are using. So again, food is also very different. So that's the very first reason developing food sensitivities to different people, different foods. The second reason is nutritional deficiencies. Now your thyroid needs several vitamins and minerals to make thyroid hormone. And what we are seeing is that more and more people are deficient into these vitamins and minerals. Hmm. The reason being our food itself is low in these vitamins and minerals. Yeah. So there yeah. was actually a research study done which compared the nutritious value of our food from 1980s to 2010 and what they noticed was that our crops our vegetables our fruits are much lower in nutritional content as compared to what it was before so even though we might be eating more healthier diet even though we might be eating all these veggies and fruits but they themselves might be low in these vitamins and minerals and that's Mm -hmm. the reason our body doesn't get them enough so that's Mm -hmm. the second reason a lot of people can get Hashimoto's the Mm -hmm. third one that we discussed was stress right you know like we discussed that you know any kind of stress that a body goes through that can mm-hmm. be a very major problem over there. Mm-hmm. The fourth one is toxin. Again, more and more toxins are being poured into our environment. Oh my God, yeah. We already know about heavy metals, you know, like, you know, since 
time immemorial we already know about how lead mercury you know arsenic aluminum can be very very harmful for our body so that's one kind of you know toxins and the other one is mold toxin you know mm-hmm. our houses yeah. lived in sometimes can have mold toxins in them oh yeah and that can certainly kind of cause hashimoto's disease and plus the environmental toxins whether it's in the air whether it is in the food with all the spraying with all the or- organophosphates whether it is a lot of chemical products that we use on our skin especially females again you know before they leave their house in the morning at least more than 200 chemical products is what they use on their whole body wow. you know all that stuff is toxins that can again you know uh, cause hashimoto so toxins again a very major role and the last one is infections these infections can be gut related parasites like blastocystis this can be candida infection this can be viral infection like epstein barr virus or even covid-19 mm-hmm. viral infections uh, or yeah. it can be other infection like blastocystis or bartonella and babesia so all of these infections again can also lead to hashimoto's disease so this is kind of a big kind of categories you know like of things you know a lot of people might have been exposed to in their lifetime that yeah. might have contributed to hashimoto's and again as i said it is kind of a little difficult but again through various questions and also kind of paying attention to our life we might be able to find mm-hmm. those root causes so that's the very first step the second step that we start fixing you know is this fixing the thyroid you know that we have been destroyed in the hashimotos and the hypothyroid phase this is what we call right. as rejuvenation of thyroid and that mainly happens to this diet that we have developed you know for especially for thyroid folks and in this diet basically what we do is that we kind of remove foods which are causing inflammation and destroying the thyroid gland and we want to include foods which are healing or rejuvenating for the thyroid gland mm. so Why? the first category of food like you know which people yeah. should be avoiding you know uh-huh. are like gluten dairy okay. soy corn sugars you know processed food processed meats these are all the things we ask our people to remove them because most of the recent studies show that they can be inflammatory and can destroy uh-huh. the thyroid and then comes the food which are healing so in the healing aspect of the food the very first food is what we call as non starchy colorful vegetables mm. so eat your veggies everybody here that you know eat your veggies so definitely that's a very good advice we all need those veggies not only to lose weight but actually the veggies are really good because all that colors that veggies comes with each and every color signifies a different antioxidant different mineral that veggie comes with so that's the reason i'm a very big proponent of eating a rainbow diet of different colorful vegetables oh, okay. so that you can give uh-huh. all the vitamins and minerals as much as possible so veggies you know like obviously have good fiber that feeds a good bacteria veggies have all the vitamins that our body needs have antioxidant compounds which is very important so that's the reason definitely that's the first thing that at least half of your plate should be you know good quality vegetables non starchy ones then comes a good quality protein you know like lot of different amino acids especially tyrosine is needed by a thyroid gland to make thyroid hormone and other amino okay. acids are needed by our immune process to keep our immunity in good shape so that you know we don't develop these autoimmune diseases like hashimoto so good quality proteins which can come from if you are eating meat products like chicken fish and turkeys or if you're not like you know a meat eater if you're a vegan or a vegetarian they can come from your lentils your beans your legumes your nuts your seeds all those things can give you that protein mm-hmm. so good quality protein is very important yeah. then comes a the good quality fats again in the last decade we have bad mouthed fats so much that everybody is oh a low yeah. fat diet yeah 
And what we forgot to tell people is that there is good fat and there is bad fat. So stay away from bad fat, but you need good fat, right? Each and every cell of our body has a covering around it, which is made with fat. Mm. 60 to 70% of our brain is fat, good fat. If we don't Uh have good fat in a diet, then obviously our body doesn't function. Very important to include good fat so that we can lower inflammation. This can come from good fatty fishes. This can come from coconut oil, olive oil, avocado oils. This can come from your great nuts and seeds like almonds, walnuts, pumpkin seeds, can come from chia seeds, flax seeds. So good places to get all of these good fats, which is very, very important for a body to function. And then last comes the gluten-free grains like brown rice or quinoa, you know, whole grains, you know, very, very important again. They have a lot of good nutritious value that can, you know, again, support our good health. That's the kind of diet that we propagate in the second step for people to start healing their thyroid and kind of getting in good shape. And then obviously there are certain supplements that people can take that can support the thyroid and also help in rejuvenating it. That's the second piece in the second step. And then the third step is about removing the toxicity. The toxicities are removing your stress. That's the first toxicity that, you know, we want everybody to remove. The going on a de-stressing routine, whether it's meditation, whether it is your deep breathing, whether it's going in the nature, you know, any of those things is very important, you know, because we need to break that cycle of stress, you know, which is kind of damaging our body. And then, you know, living a toxin-free lifestyle. Now, toxin-free lifestyle is a myth in the current situation, but at least reducing the amount of toxins that we have in our immediate environment is at least something we can all hope for. Right. So looking at your cleaning agents, you know, like uh, uh, using them, which are less toxic, looking at your, you know, like personal care skin products, you know, like your soaps, your shampoos, you know, all of those things. And again, using them, mm-hmm. which are from more natural sources. Right. So that's something at least people can start reducing the burden of toxins and then also working on your immunity. You know, in the immunity aspect, gut is very important. Most people think majority of our immune cells are running in our blood those white blood cells. But 70% of our immunity is in our gut, not inside our body. Ah, interesting. Okay. So very important to work on that gut health. And if we can fix that gut health, then we can fix our immunity. So this is kind of the three-step process that a lot of people Uh can get from and that we talk about. Obviously, these are a a big overview about that process. And it does involve a lot of details, you know, in the book and also other places. But I think Mm -hmm. this is a good place for people to get understanding of what the process looks like and how, what they can do today to get better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, exactly. Exactly. So something that that just came up in my mind is if someone is um, going through and a lot of these protocols come up with and and areas that you're looking at, is it something that they should do for their whole family while they're doing it for themselves? You know, sometimes it's easier to, to make everybody following these things than it is just one person and then somebody else eats something else and then somebody else is eating something over here. And Absolutely. You know, like there is always interesting stories that, you know, our clients share with us uh, because uh-huh. again, as I said, majority of our clients are these middle-aged females and they're all struggling with right. weight. So as yeah. soon as we start them on the protocol, especially with this diet, all of the family is doing the diet and they will come back to see us, you know, in a month time, they said, you know, like Dr. Gupta, I'm very angry. I was like, what happened? I'm doing this diet and my husband is also doing this diet. He has already <laughs> lost 20 pounds in one month and I barely was able to lose six pounds on this diet. This is unfair. 
I was like, oh my God. I said, I know it is unfair. And uh, so it happens all the time. So absolutely, the whole family can do this kind of diet. Each uh-huh. and every, you know, everybody can be benefited from eating healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So definitely, yeah. you're not only improving your own life, your own health, but you're also doing, you know, a benefit to your whole family whose mm-hmm. life and whose health also improves by following this kind of diet and thing. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And and your kids as well because they get <clears throat> into this and it's not like they end up being in their 20s or their 30s and they feel deprived because they've got to go on a good diet right mm-hmm. this way they learn and they're they're just better they're better off from an earlier age than most of us exactly it's a process you know i always tell people when yeah. they're working with us i think i tell them it's a process you cannot change everything altogether in just one day so give yourself some time right so same thing with the kids if you don't lay that foundation and suddenly when they are 18 or 20 they said okay don't eat this don't eat that you're just eating junk all the time well you should have educated them at when they were young or early and then showed them all the good foods right and then they obviously they then the foundation is good then they will make better choice but yeah. just suddenly one day you stand up and they, they say that you know everything that we have told you forget about it that was all wrong and now you know like this is new diet that we want you to follow that's difficult for kids so absolutely the sooner you start the earlier you start helping them with making better food mm-hmm. choices that is going to stick with them for lifelong mm-hmm. yeah yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, and I also think that these days there's more information out in the in the ether or whatever, <laughs> right, in the public um, about good foods and not, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and that, um, you know, kids see that, you know, I, and I and I think the other the other side of it is of course, is what their friends are doing. Agree with that. There's so much peer pressure going around with them. So it's very difficult, you know, like, you know, uh, I cannot even imagine like what the teenagers go through each and every day, Mm -hmm. you know, because Mm -hmm. all the things they have to deal with. So definitely they're stressed out. So, you know, instead of just kind of fighting them, we have to become their friends. We have to understand what they're going through and how we can make, you know, like better or help them to make better choices. Mm -hmm. So internet is good, right? Because it does provide a lot of information and obviously each and every teenager out there is on some kind of social media. Uh, So there are good things and there are bad things, right? So and sometimes it becomes also difficult for them to judge what is right and what is wrong. And we are in the age of information overload, right? Everybody's claiming that, okay, their diet is the best, right? So people are confused. Oh, well, this doctor told me this is good. And the other doctor told me, you know, this is bad, right? So what should I be eating? Right. So the absolutely. And sometimes people are on so limited diets. When people come to see us, sometimes they say, well, Dr. Gupta, I've been told this is bad. That is bad. Don't eat this. Don't eat this. So I'm just eating these five foods. I was like, oh, no, survive on five foods, right? Yeah. You know, your body cannot survive on a very limited diet. Yes, for a short amount of time, <clears throat> you can do the diet, but that is not a sustainable diet for lifelong. You cannot replace food with supplements or with vitamins and minerals, right? Mm-hmm. That's not the goal. The goal is obviously to heal you with these supplements for a short amount of time. But then for the long-term basis, you have to eat food. So we cannot just ignore big kind of categories of food. Oh, well, fat is bad. Oh, well, carbohydrates are bad. Oh, well, proteins are bad or this and bad. So we have to be kind of looking at things in a more gentler manner. Yes, few things which are really bad, we definitely have to remove them. But most of the other things... 
which makes sense, you need to include them in your diet. So your diet is kind of wide and you get all the nutrients as much as possible through food itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how does it work? Um, with getting people onto this better diet, right? I mean, is it, is it, it's probably not okay today, you're going to stop everything that you were doing and now you're going to change it to this. I'm assuming that there's, that your protocol is a little easier for people to kind of move into. Um, tell well, us actually, a little bit about that. Per- yeah, so that depends on person to person, right? Okay. Because there are several people, as I said, they come to see us with their diet is like just with those five foods, right? So we yeah. said, okay, like okay. and your diet, you know, you need to eat more. Yeah. And then there are people, you know, who are just, Ah, you froze. The life is, right? Okay, okay. So go back, go back a, a sentence and a half because you froze. I don't know. Yeah, it says my internet job is kind unstable. Of... I don't know if it's yours or mine. Huh. I have no idea. Can know. you hear me good? I can now, yeah. Yep, yep. and see you. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, I was saying that, you know, like the diet depends uh-huh. on person to person. You know, like we have those people, you know, who are eating very limited diets. We want to expand it. And then, you know, we will have people who are eating junk all the time, you know, with the fast mm-hmm. food joints like McDonald's, KFCs, Burger Kings. That's where they kind of hang around all the time. Right. So that's where, you know, we have to understand where a person is and then help them to improve with better choices. So again, that's a process that I always tell people because obviously everybody wants to get better tomorrow. And they said, okay, well, I can give up all those things today. I said, no, that doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, like the biggest evil is what we go after first, you know, like so fast foods, processed food, oh, processed okay. meats are definitely the first thing that we go after and help people to remove those. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And the second thing is that we then help them to include more and more healthy foods. You know, most people are not eating the vegetables that, you know, they should be eating. So then we help them to include more vegetables. I'm a big fan of morning smoothies, you know, because Mm -hmm. that way I can pack a lot of nutrients that way and people don't feel the taste of them and they're happy with drinking that smoothie. Mm -hmm. You know, like I always introduce my clients to the morning smoothie. So at least I know that at one meal, they're getting all the nutrients they need. Okay. Okay. So that's a good way to start with things. And then slowly and slowly, then we help give them up other things like maybe give up gluten, maybe give up dairy, you know, um, all that stuff comes later on. But I think definitely first cleaning up the diet is very important Mm -hmm. and then start giving up things slowly and slowly. Okay. Okay. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you, um, I'm assuming since you're not worried about allergies so much with people, it's more a matter of saying, okay, here's, here's the diet that we want to get to. This is kind of the goal. And so here's our steps to get there. Um, It's not like, you know, I have a lot of allergies. So when that all started, it was like, okay, stop eating everything. (laughs) You can eat these five things for the next week and then we're going to start adding things one at a time and see whether you keep it or you don't keep it um so that was a that was a whole other that that was a lot of fun um (laughs) 
It depends on person to person, right? Different people yeah. have different food sensitivities. So that sometimes, yeah. you know, it's very difficult to figure out. We do have some testing available for food sensitivities where people can order those tests. Oh, really? Okay. And that can also help them out. But these tests are not foolproof. You know, they're not perfectly accurate. So mm-hmm. obviously, that sometimes, you know, like these tests can give us some ideas about where things mm-hmm. are. But what I have learned over the course of years is that, you know, like testing is just one tool that help us to guide us in a direction. But that is not the only tool. Mm-hmm. Again, this mm-hmm. is what we have relied on. Oh, if the test results show something, then only I'm going to do this. If the test result doesn't mm-hmm. show anything, doesn't matter. My clinical judgment doesn't matter, right? That's the way the modern medicine is. But no, what I've learned is that it's the testing plus my clinical experience plus what the person or the patient who is suffering is telling me about right. what is going on with their body. It's a happy yeah. marriage of all of those three that helps me to kind of make a protocol for that uh-huh. particular person taking into account what all of these three things. Yeah, no. And that makes, that makes really good sense. Um, and just to follow on from my experience on the allergy side, I, when I've had allergy tests, nothing shows up, but when I eat the foods, I have a reaction. So, you know, it's, it's so individual. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that, that's what, people don't understand and in this age of technology well but it didn't show up on the test it's like yeah and but i can't breathe when i eat that you know it's like oh okay so exactly so that's that's the reason i learned i said you know it's very important to listen to what the person who is suffering is telling me right Mm -hmm. you know yeah just what is the test telling me is yes, that is important. But if that doesn't mm-hmm. go well or doesn't agree with what the patient history is telling me, then yeah. the test might not be accurate. So uh-huh. yes, it happened with me also. You know, I did a te- lot of testing and nothing showed up on the food sensitivity. But I know that dairy is my culprit. If I uh-huh. eat dairy for two or three days, then I know that my symptoms start showing up or I feel worse. So uh-huh. I don't care what the test is will show. I know right. what my body is telling me. So I'm going to stay away from dairy. That's the bottom line to it, right? That's right. So I don't have to rely on a test to tell me everything. Yes, it mm-hmm. could be useful if that shows something else, but mm-hmm. that is not an absolute necessity that we have to follow the test only. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just another tool. No, I think I think that's that's great because it's um a lot of doctors well a lot of doctors just don't have the time you know they they work for these big conglomerates that and and i belong to one of them so it's you know too expensive to do the other stuff so anyways we won't go there okay well is there anything else in because we should probably kind of wrap up here and and um, just kind of a as an overall, you know, let people know where they can get your book. Um, and maybe that's a good starting point if they're really, you know, if they're really feeling bad, then, you know, where, where, where do they get in touch to, um, to get you or someone like you? to help them. Absolutely. I mean, so, I mean, what I understood was that everybody learns things in a different fashion. Some people like to read, some people like to listen, some people would like to watch. So we share information in all different ways and platforms. So people who like to read, that's where my book book is a very good start. The book has been written in a very kind of basic language so that people Mm -hmm. can understand what is going on with them. Even though it is backed with scientific research and I have given more than 160 scientific research studies to back what I say in 
in the book, but I try to kind of, you know, break down that information in a more digestible fashion. So Reversing Hashimoto's is a book available on Amazon. You know, again, people who like to read, that's a very great place to start to understand what is going okay. on, what you can do today. Okay. I have a very yeah. great blog on my website called anshulguptamd.com. Again, okay. we keep updating it with latest information for people who want to kind of read, you know, like, or mm-hmm. kind of follow that. Mm-hmm. I have a very active YouTube channel. Uh, which is called Anshul Gupta MD. Again, share newest and latest kind of videos about it. Again, in bite-sized information for people who want Uh to keep on, you know, start making those changes. That is again a good, good place to start, you know, uh, with yeah. information obviously we are on instagram with anshul gupta md handle over there also but okay. i think the youtube channel is all the best resource at this point of time who people want to listen or watch okay great great and i will um get all of that information and, and make sure i put it in the show notes for everybody so they know where to find you and and follow you and with that i will follow up with and this is always so funny when i actually have a doctor sitting there which is that neither of us are doctors but that's not exactly true um and this is not to be seen as medical advice because it can't be that individualized um and with that i will say that i will see everybody next week this has been healthy tips after 50 with susan rosen to stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on itunes visit healthytipsafter50.com for this episode show notes more resources and free offers